What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? Welcome to part two of Matt Davis's incredible real estate story so far. Matt has jumped into real estate with both feet on his first deal into a really cool commercial property. In this episode, we delve deep into systematizing the heck out of your business to be able to focus on more important aspects, getting over that first initial fear for doing something new, a brilliant personal finance concept, and much, much more. This was a very fun episode, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. Exactly. You know, like you mentioned earlier with the self-limiting beliefs, like it's really, uh, it's really um, easy to kind of slip into one of those mindsets of like, oh, you know, like this is like way too big for me. Like I'm not ready for this. And, you know, it's a, you know, uh, <laughs> um as long as you're, you know, go into the right people and stuff. And like you said, I actually, I wanted to make this point earlier, but I forgot, you know, like when we were talking about, you know, like it's all in who, you know, quote unquote, yeah. like, I feel like it's 10 times easier now to be able to like conquer that and meet those people. Literally, man, like everybody's on our phone for Christ's sake. Like, you know, like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, bigger pockets, like that's all free. Pints of properties is yeah. free, guys. You gotta come on down. <laughs> yeah, who you know is very true, but but it, there's two ways to look at it. And it's the, you know, the, the one person with the positive mindset who's gonna do okay, and the person who has the wrong mindset. And and the person with the right mindset is gonna be thinking, Yeah, it is who you know, but there's so many people out there I can go meet. There's so many people out there doing awesome things and they will, they'll talk to me and they'll go over stuff and, and, you know, it's a great world of great people. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've heard other people say, say to me before, like, Oh yeah, everyone who does well, you, like you got to like know the, the governor and he's got to like give you inside yeah. information about where the next train <laughs> station is going to go. Yeah. And then if you know that, you know, then you buy up all the real estate in the area and you get rich. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe no. that's happened before, but come on. You really think that's what you have to do to be one of the millions of Americans yep. who've, you know, done extremely well investing in, in whether it be rental property or gas stations or whatever, Yeah. Um, you know, small businesses. And that's it, man, so. too. Like, it's not even in real estate. Like, it can be in, like, you know, yeah. like restaurants or, like, yeah. you know, like all kinds of different asset classes. There was a period where I was, before I got into real estate, I was seriously thinking about opening up a Five Guys franchise because yes. I worked, I was in high school, I worked at a Five Guys. And one time in the year that I worked there, I saw the owner pull up in his Bentley or whatever, <laughs> walk in, the general manager was like, oh crap, guys, that's Oh no. <laughs> Everybody clean up. And he just, he walks, he like walked around the building, got back in his car and left. Yeah. And it was like this big thing. And we're like, really? And I was like, how do I be that guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know? How do I be that guy? And, you know, all we had to do was, yeah, it takes a lot of money to open up a, a big franchise like that, I believe. But, um, but, you know, that's just one example of, you know, owning a cash flowing business or, you know, I have the most respect for people who own gas stations, people who own, uh, you know, franchises, people who own real estate, people who own, um, you know, all, all different sorts of, of, of businesses that are cash flow businesses, businesses where you can hire the guy who runs it. And all you have to do is oversee it and you can systematize it to a point where 
it runs with very little input directly from you. Yep. And if you can achieve that, then you can go off and do another one and another one and maybe experiment elsewhere, experiment with a company that makes coffee or a company that, you know, uh, you know, sells burgers or whatever it is that interests you or that you think might be a good opportunity. Yep. I know. I can't wait to get to that point eventually, man, you know, like just to be able to like, you know, have all those systems in place, you know, for all those buildings and like, just be able to, to be super creative and have fun and be like, you know, let's jump around to something else once in a while, you know, like, let's jump into the franchise world, meet some people there, see what this is all about. You know, that's really cool. Or, you, you know, like, I don't know, like just a completely different animal, yeah. you know, and like, I feel like it's, I look at things very like in systems, basically. So I don't know. Have you read the E-Myth? I've heard of it. I want to read it because, because everything I've, <laughs> I've listened to enough podcasts where I could probably read the book without reading it, but yeah, um, I want to read it, but go ahead. What were you going to say about it? Because it sounds like gold. Like it's the next one I got to go order. Yeah. Um, it's literally like what you just said a second ago about, you know, having all the systems in place. Like, in my opinion, this is 110% the book for that. Like, this book completely changed my life. You know, and, like, overall mindset, like, big bang type of stuff. Like, oh, my God. Um, and, it, yeah, it talks about, you know, like, the McDonald's franchise prototype model. And basically, like, you know, how McDonald's, how come there's a McDonald's on, like, every friggin' street corner in the world? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, you seen that movie, The uh, the Founder or whatever? Yeah, I love yeah. that movie, yep. That movie's awesome. Like, that that movie and that kind of movie, um, it, just, it just connects with the way I think yeah. and I'm sure the way you think. Right? And you watch it, you're like, you, you get, get all the pumped end of the up. movie like, Let's and you're go. like, I'm going to run the world someday, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's nuts, man, you know, like just having all the, the systems in place, you know, and just to be able to, to make your business, be able to run as efficiently as you can off of, you know, shift the, uh, what's the word? Um, I guess shift like what it's focused on, like more onto the systems than like the individual. I I worded that kind of weird, but you know, like basically have the directions be like so so good you know that you get the result that you're you you know you really desire like most of the yeah. time and then be Basically, able to so just... you could program a computer to do all the things that you're doing exactly that, you know, to that point um I'll, gi- I'll give you an example where i could and should do this in my business right now and i've started a little bit yeah um but but that is you know if looking at and evaluating a rental application for a tenant like there's a way I'm doing it in my head. I could put it on paper. I started to put it on paper. I haven't finished it. That's my own problem. I should get on myself. Now that I said it here in three days, I'm going to have it. But, uh, <laughs> but it's you know, tough, I get, man. I get this application in my email and I start going through like all the things that I normally look at. And I'm like, why don't I just write this down, hand it to, you know, my leasing agent and say, you can approve the applicant yourself now, <laughs> you know, yeah. find me this person. So, um, yeah, but you know, there's all different, uh, areas where you can do that kind of thing. That was just one example. A hundred percent, man, you know, and then like, just to be able to like free up that time, you know, and just be like, implement that system to free up your time, you know, to be able to jump onto that next thing, you know, and be able to like, just keep delegating out and then be like, you know, like you said earlier, just 
kind of watching things over, like making sure everything's going all right. And then be able to have that, uh, you know, those opportunities to jump to different projects or bigger and better things or, you know, like just to kind of keep delegating and, and systematizing to keep growing. You know, it, it's so fascinating to, to think about. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, um, it's exciting to kind of think about all the, all the things that you could do and all the places you could go. And, and it's so important to identify which one of those you put your energy into now Yep. and then chase after it and take the first steps towards that. And, uh, you know, I, I think of ideas all the time. Oh, I should be doing this in my business. I should be doing that. And I can't, I don't have time to do all of them. Exactly. But, but what you have to do is identify which one of those is the biggest help right now and will help me get to the goals that I do have in my head, but where I want to be and what I want to do and where I want to get and what I want to fix and whatever. Yeah. Um, picking which one of those are chasing them one after another. And as you do them, systematize them and find a way to do it, figure it out and may then make it happen again and again on its own or with very little um, direct input from you. Yeah. I totally feel you there, man. Like I think of like way too much stuff going on in my head, you know, when it comes to business and like, you know, jumping around, like trying to do all these different things, like, Oh, we have to do this and this and this. And it's tough to just kind of focus on, you know, what are those major things, you know, like trying to write everything down so you don't forget. And like, you know, you, now, you know, you have a notes uh, page in like your notes app or whatever, that's like wicked long, you know, and like, you'll never get to the stuff on the <laughs> yeah. bottom. And yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely something that is hard to kind of figure out you know how to like you know just stick to that like just the main course you know what's going to serve that like that primary aim that focus and just kind of put everything else like on the back burner for now you know just to like really hit home with it and uh it is definitely pretty tough you know yeah. but it's, it's all <laughs> it's easier said than done you know yeah. everything we've talked about today so far uh is easier said than done um you See, know, but like, also, yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> See, but also though, like, I feel like it's a lot easier, like if you love it, you know, like it's a lot more fun <laughs> to like learn the so process true. and like you don't look at it like as bad as it might be, you know, like just a mindset thing too. It's know? not bad, you know. Exactly. It may it may be a lot of work. It may be something that you have to do. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if if you're like me that the rush that you get when once you've done it or accomplished it it's, it's all worth huge. it and even yep. the you know a lot of people will say um you know you got to focus on the journey not the destination right and you gotta you gotta you know appreciate and love all the things you're doing to get there because if the whole time all you're thinking about is you know while you're building a business i want to be rich someday you're going to get burnt out and you're not, you're never going to be yeah. successful anyway. Yep. Um, that's why, you know, very few of us wake up every day thinking very few successful people wake up every day as they're getting started thinking about the yacht that they're going to have someday. Exactly. Like it's not a good way to, to approach Operate. it. And, yeah. and yeah, maybe that is for some people, you know, their end goal is they want to just have that stupid kind of money. Yeah. Um, but still they're not thinking about it exactly. as they're building their business yep um they're thinking about all the things that they want to do or can do or should do or whatever their strategy is in order to get to where they want to go 
yeah i couldn't agree more man it's yeah. it really is crazy you know like it's it is <laughs> yeah no you're right it's it's crazy it's you know, we we were talking about systems a minute ago and and you see so many of the like successful things that people do in their life whether it be health and fitness or um you know just having feeling good throughout the day having good energy like for example um, I've never read this book, but I've heard a bunch of people talk about Miracle Morning. You know, yep. that's basically like systematizing your morning. Yeah, like that's basically all it is. Exactly, you're waking up every day, and you're not deciding in bed when you're going to get out of bed. Yeah, you're not, you know, deciding as you go through things what you're going to do, and constantly thinking about what am I going to do next? Because now you're thinking about the wrong thing all day, and you're not okay, I don't even have to think about what I'm doing. I know, you know, every morning I get up and, you know, whatever these crazy people are doing, take ice baths, and, <laughs> you know, but, but you, you know, you know yeah. what your routine is, you do it, you get it done. And yep. while you're doing it, because you don't have to think about what you're doing, you're thinking about something important. And so yeah. this person sitting in their ice bath and, uh, you know, unless they're also <laughs> meditating in the ice bath, they're thinking about, you know, the, the, issue the, the next issue at work that or with their business or whatever that they got to work on solving yeah so you know it frees up so much and that's just one example i mean you read any good book on health and fitness ever written i'm sure um is describing a system that someone figured out while they became healthy and fit you know yeah and these are people sharing their system and you know, the e-myth is someone created a system to make systems. I'm sure I haven't read the book again. But, Pretty much. <laughs> uh, it seems like someone made a system to make systems and now he's sharing it with people. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it doesn't have to be a written procedure on paper, you know, system number 47, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, uh, yeah. in a business, it might actually be that, but, you know, who knows? But It really does change things, though. You know, I mean, like you said, like, um, oh, what was it? I just totally forgot. <laughs> um, yeah, no mind. I, I forget what I was just talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, all good. It's just yeah, the the systematizing the stuff that you do is important, but it's also sticking to it, right? Yeah, sticking to your system. Oh, that's and, what it was. And like, okay, go ahead. Well, oh, sorry. I forget. Uh, I forget which book it was, but yeah. in this book there was like this um little like you know, graph kind of thing that they drew in it. And it was, you know, doing like those tasks and like, you know, systematizing like your morning, you know, like the miracle morning. And, you know, you have to do that for a certain amount of time. And then like the, I forget what it was. It was like, I think it was like the effort went down, like as time went along, but like your result like was the same or something. Cause like, yeah. it just became habit. You know, yeah. I mean, like people talk all the time, you know, about like how long it actually takes to to make a habit. Like some people yeah. say it's like two weeks. This book said it was like 66 days, but whatever. Anyways, you know, like, like you said, like it might actually take, you know, a lot of thought right off the bat to kind of be doing those tasks and, you know, organizing your morning and like you actually have to think about things. But as time goes on, that's going to just start to be second nature. You know, and your mind's yeah. going to get freed up to, like you said, you know, already start worrying about that first thing or like, you know, what the next thing is. And you're still getting the same results as you are on day one. You know, yeah. just that habit. Yeah. Like, um, like 
for me, it was, you know, these meetups, right. Yeah. That, that I go to now the first one for, for four months before I went to the first one, I was, I spent thinking about how I should be going to meetups. Yeah. That was way more work than now. I never miss them. Right. Uh, and I never even think about it. It's just like, Oh, there's that text notification on my phone. The meetups this Thursday. Yep. Uh, that's what I'm doing. Like it doesn't even, it's no effort other than yeah. the 10 minutes it takes to drive there. <laughs> that's <really laughs> effort. So, um, but and that's just one example, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree, man. You know, it's, it just starts to be second nature. You know, it just, everything gets a lot easier and, you know, I feel like, <laughs> honestly, like I'm starting to kind of establish a mentality where like doing something for the first time, like can be harder than going from like the first time to the fifth. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just something that pops in my head once in a while, but like going from zero to one, like might be like wicked hard, you know, whether it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's like super generally speaking, but like, it's something that's been bouncing around in my head um you know whether it's like going from that you know no properties to that first property and then going from one to five could be like half the amount of effort you know and like you know thoughts going on in your head then like zero to one i don't, I don't know i'd, I'd kind of like to hear your opinion on that like it's i can't really like word it that well <laughs> you you mean like going from all the things that you're thinking about that you want to do or should do or or you know have to do or whatever yeah. um and and kind of picking which one to focus on and yeah. and do next and then actually committing to it and making it happen yeah so like, kind of what you're getting at pretty much so you know going to like that first meetup yeah. versus you know going to like two three four five ten twenty you know it just like that first initial meeting or meetup like i remember my first meetup like i would see them on like the meetup app or whatever and I was like, oh, you know, that'll be kind of cool. But like, I was super scared to go. I was like, oh, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, am I going to be the guy, you know? I was so nervous walking into the first one. I know exactly, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a completely normal thing, you know, and it took me a while before I was like, you know what? F this. I'm doing it. Like, let's have some fun. And yeah. like, I met this lady there that literally like changed my life, like completely. Um, you know, and then, like you said, you know, going to meetups now. It's just like second nature. Like, oh, you know, it's on Thursday. All right. Know what I'm doing Thursday. You yeah. know, like going from zero to one can be like wicked, wicked tough. Yeah. But like once you get over that hurdle of like seeing it for the first time, then you're like, oh, this is actually like wicked fun. Like this is awesome. Exactly. You know? And then it's it's so easy to to stick in that routine after that point. It is. Um, yeah. Now you can fall out of it too. I'll give you an example of that. Like for me, it's like going to the gym, right? Yep. There are you know, extended periods of over the last five years, I've been like working out regularly where, you know, you're in that routine and you just go every day after work or whenever. Yeah. And it's, just, you don't think about it and, and not going seems weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. like why would I, like, you'd have to have a really <laughs> good reason to care event every once in a while I did. And then like, for example, like, you know, Christmas week would hit like the holiday and like every, your schedule gets all messed up and you don't go for three days. And then like getting back to that first Monday where you yeah. go, You're it's like, like oh, no. you know, <laughs> I guess the right thing would be to do is like, keep going through that period of time, but whatever. But um, yeah, it's easy to lose like the momentum 
It is. And less you're being driven by, you know, whatever the fire is that drives you, whatever, um, whatever your want, want is, whatever your why is, whatever, you know, yeah. your goal is, or your values or your visions or whatever you're into, whatever keeps yeah. you going. <laughs> um, you know, it's just sticking to that. And, uh, and, and if you're driven by the right ones and, and you have whatever it is, whether it be your vision or your value, if, as long as you have that, yeah, um, then you're, you're golden. I mean, that's what you need. So. Yeah, definitely. I know. I totally agree. Like sometimes like slipping out of habits, like it is definitely extremely tough to get back on sometimes. And like, you know, like you said, like, and it doesn't take much either. Like, I feel like you have to kind of be careful you know, and just kind of watch out like, oh, you know, I didn't do this for a day, a couple of days, like, all right, like, you got to get back on this, you know, yeah. and rebuild the habit again. And, and it's then, tough. Yeah. And another thing, you know, I want to touch on, I, I haven't even mentioned this yet, but are you familiar with, I believe it's a book, Extreme Ownership? By Jocko Willink. Willink. So, so here's the thing. This is another book. I think it's a book that I, I've heard all about. And I know I but I understand the concept because I've heard it described from other people before. Yep. And, and it's the idea of taking extreme ownership about everything that happens in your life, every good thing, every bad thing, you know, taking ownership of the fact that you put yourself in that situation, you got yourself there, whether it was a direct result of an effort or an indirect result of a bunch of different efforts or whatever, every, you know, if something doesn't go right, if you're working on a project and, and it goes downhill because something that anyone else would be like, that was out of my control. It wasn't my fault. You know, like you're trying to close a building and COVID-19 hits and now all of a sudden the bank backs out. Like, You'd think, oh, that, how could that be my fault, right? And then um, if, if you, you basically just take ownership of everything that happens and think, okay, it's my fault because I didn't have a backup plan. That's why it's my fault. Or I didn't have four other line, lenders lined up. You know? And if you take ownership for what you did or could have done differently, then all of a sudden um, you can use that to improve your life and your own behaviors and it's all just going to snowball and make you a better, stronger, wiser, uh, more capable person. Uh, yeah. And that's where the success is going to come from. Right. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, I think, I think I never really sat down and made a list of my values or what's important to me, but I feel like that that's up, that's up there. Um, it's just taking, it's like personal responsibility, taking responsibility for every piece of where you are, even if it's not your fault, it, guess what? It is your fault. And if yeah. it's not your fault, find what you could have done to make it your fault, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's huge. I think that's huge. And I, you know, there's t- different types of people out there. And oftentimes it's very apparent when someone doesn't look at the world that way. Yeah. Um, and you know, those are people I don't even like to be around because the energy they bring is just, it's different, not going to yeah. help me, uh, in any way you know exactly. it's just negative um if you start looking at you know why me like why is the world this way why did this happen why are you know this group of people or that whatever um you know out to get out to get me or greedy or whatever it is you yeah know? yeah um even if they are how do you overcome it exactly that's your responsibility 
I yeah. love that, man. I, I haven't, uh, I'm the same way. I heard all about that book and like, you know, that guy Jocko and like, I just, I haven't read it yet. It's, it's like I've already read it without having read it. You know? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? I think it's something fundamental about, about values that people have. And for some people, they hear that concept and they're like, wow, what a great way to think about things. Yeah, yeah. And it clicks. And now, you know, they're like, okay, I've thought this in my life. Or at least my head has worked this way forever. Um, and so they hear the idea of it and they embrace it. And that's like you and me. We haven't read the book, but we know exactly what it's about. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, same with the e-myth. You know, I haven't read the book. Know what it's about. But, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Matt, if you don't mind, I have a couple questions for you that uh that I wanted to ask you. Okay. So See if you can stop me. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my big ones is how do you define wealth? That's a good question. I I would say that um I'll probably give a roundabout answer, but you know, wealth is is um you know both its simplest and most complex you know mm-hmm. definitions, right? Wealth is money, cash, cash in the bank, cash in assets, whatever. That's wealth. But also wealth is, you know, having the resources and the the things in your life, whether it be uh, material or money or people or um, or anything, having collected, you know, call it, let's, let's call them assets, even though it doesn't have to be a material asset. It doesn't have to be a rental property or a, a bar of gold. It yeah, could yeah. be, um, you know, the wealth that I have, you know, with the people around me or whether it be your faith or, um, or, you know, just having, you know, people that love you and care about you or people that support you or business relationships or, you know, a dog that's your best friend. I mean, these things are all wealth and, and having a lot of that whatever that is, that's good. We all want that. And any, all of that combined, you know, going out there, getting it, bring it in and holding it close to you and caring about it and loving it and cherishing it. Yeah. Um, that's wealth. That's wealth. I love that so much, man. It really is. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's like so simple, but like, it's so like, it's so real. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then a lot of people, if I would say, if you ask them, you know, how would you define wealth? They think, okay, what can wealth do for you? Um, and that's like a whole nother, whole nother world. And yeah, it's complicated. What can wealth do for you is a lot, pretty much anything, right? If you have the right kind of it, but, um, but you know, it's, it's a lot more being wealthy means a lot more than having a lot of cash in the bank, but 100%. it sure as hell does mean having a lot of cash. In the yeah. bank. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big part of it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I totally agree, man. Ooh, what is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio? Okay, so I would say, you know, thinking about the beginner who's interested, let's say they have the fire, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that that's a given because they're going to need that. And if they don't, it's hard to give it to them. And yeah, they're not going to, it's not going to work out anyway. But let's say they have the fire that you have or that I have, or that, you know, most these people have. Um, my biggest advice would be, first of all, educate yourself, but don't over-educate yourself. 
or don't let educating yourself hold you back from taking steps, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, listening to podcasts and reading books about real estate literally took the first four years of my real estate career and it was useful. Yeah. But those four first three, four years of my real estate career that was reading books about real estate and listening to podcasts probably would have been a lot more successful if I started then posting on bigger pockets every day, getting my name out there, meeting people, um, make, making friends. Like this was while I was in college. I never went to, I bet there was a real estate group or meetup or something at the university I went to. It was a big school. Um, there's so many more steps you can take beyond that. Do read books, do listen to podcasts or whatever way you want to learn audiobook, uh, news articles, websites, but also take other steps while you're at it. Yeah. That's so true, man. Like, I feel like a lot is in our control in terms of like, you know, just absorbing that knowledge and like the amount of resources that we have, like bigger pockets alone, you know, like just being able to read like a bajillion blog posts that are on there and, and just interact with people, see what people are talking about. Yeah. And us, like even down to the, the super local level, you know, like the particular market that you're looking in, you know, to invest in like particularly like <laughs> you know like there's usually always people talking and um it's it just it blows my mind like in today's day and age man like i was uh there was a guy a while back i interviewed his name was jack panard shout out to jack if you're uh if you're watching <laughs> this but he uh he got into real estate in 1987 i think yeah. and he was telling me about you know kind of how it was then like and how you know he had to go to um like the seminars like the weekend seminars like different yeah. than the ones that we have now <laughs> um but you know and he would come home with like i forget if it was like like tapes or something like that like this big box of tapes you know and like throw them in his car or something and like you know it'd be like learning about everything and but like he had to actually like go out and do that and you know like meeting brokers and meeting agents and you know like I just, I think about that all the time, like after talking to him, you know, it, it really is amazing. Um, you know, kind of how things have shifted today, like how literally like the phone in our pocket, depending on how you use it, like can totally change like everything, you know, like the amount of people on there, like, you know, you can see deals on there, like, you yeah. know, it how just, do you use it too, right? Isn't that exactly. such a big question? Like, yeah, I've used it the good ways and the toxic ways, right? Yeah. You know, I've I've caught myself zoning into, you know, Instagram, just like wasting time. I've also done a lot it of happens. really useful stuff on yeah. my phone. Yep. You know, I think the message that you sent me where we first got introduced to each <laughs> other was on a bigger pockets, which I probably read on my phone. Yep. Um, even though their app is terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, These guys. <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, I mean, like, how do you use your phone and is, is a big thing and, and taking advantage of the internet. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, like you and I, like we're the first generation who through our, pretty much our entire educational uh, years and now going into our entire professional adult lives yep. are going to have Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, the internet and like all of those technical questions that you could ever have, the answer is on your fingertips. I mean, think about, you know, our parents' generation, they had to go to the library. 
Exactly. And only the nerds did that. <laughs> you know? So, so, you know, the dumb kid was cool. Exactly. You know, Cause he wasn't in the library. He was, you know, hanging out with his buddies, but um, nowadays you can have both. Exactly. You know? And, yep. and so you don't have to go to the library or go meet an expert at the local university to learn, you know, whatever it is, if you have a question in your head, I mean, this is a practice I've done my entire life all the time. Like I'll think of something, whatever it may be, like, why are there hurricanes? And, yeah, you know, exactly. All of a sudden I'm on the internet Googling this. Like I just, this curiosity in my head just works that way. Yeah. And, and that's a way to be smart. That's a way to grow your brain and being curious about yeah. whatever it is. That's probably what led me into real estate. That's I was curious about investing. I listened to six different podcasts. The one that was most interesting was happened to be bigger pockets. <laughs> the other one of them was about probably, uh, you know, stock options. And the other was this and that. And yeah. I was like, only in, of all of these different investing strategies, the only one where I can see in my head a very clear path to success that might have hurdles and stuff, but it's not cloudy with yeah, real yeah. estate. Yep. How do I get to be very, very wealthy with the stock market? I'm sure there's a way. But for me, that path, that road was cloudy. Exactly. Foggy. I couldn't see down it. I didn't, I thought, okay, so here's some of the clear right things and wrong things and safe things and risky things to do. But I didn't see, okay, I couldn't construct in my head, this is a step I need to take. And then this one, and then this one in order to, you know, achieve what I want to achieve. Yeah. For some reason, there was just, a, you know, was, that other road, real estate was just sunny. And I just saw down it and was like, this is gold. I need to go this way. And I went down and I, you know, ran full speed. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the same thing that happened to so many of us. Right. Exactly. So. I really like the way you worded that too, with like the stocks and stuff. Cause literally like the first thing that I got into, like it was the same kind of thing, literally like investing to me, like everything started from a Google search, mm -hmm. which was, you know, what is investing? Cause I was like bored yeah. as hell on my computer one day. Yeah. You know, and like that led into stocks. <laughs> and I totally see what you're saying. Cause like one of the first couple books that I read was The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. Yeah. Basically, like this textbook of like, you know, growth and value investing and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. Like <laughs> it's, and I mean, <clears throat> that's like a lot of knowledge. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like there's not, I mean, obviously, like generally speaking, like, you know, I'm a lot more real estate focused now than than stocks at this point. But like, I just I feel like there's a lot less like control, you know, I mean, obviously, with real estate, like, you know, there's a clear, like path, like very, very generally speaking, you know, of like how to get an offer or how to get pre approved to how to close that property. And yeah. it's been done like millions and millions of times, you know, by like people yeah. all around us. You know, like yeah, it's, it's like it's, the, real. it's the same six strategies yeah. that in the 10 billion podcasts and books and everything where people described how to get deals in real estate. Yep. It's the same six. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I just made up six, but it's about that many strategies, you know, yeah. direct mail, yeah. uh, door knocking, driving for dollars, talk to an agents and brokers, exactly. talk to friends in your network. Yep. Um, you know, there's no like 
new one that like somebody knows yeah. and if you pay their <laughs> if you pay their four thousand dollar seminar then you find out the secret and sure enough what is yep. it door knocking door, driving for dollars <laughs> cold calling you know whatever <laughs> it's the exactly same, same ones but um yeah so hey so going off um on a tangent a little bit but one thing i wanted to, to bring up on this podcast was yep. um so I think, a, you know, a big part of real estate investing is also having good, you know, uh, personal finance uh, system, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think it's important for everyone to develop their own system. Yep. Um, but there's something, there's a key thing in mind. I've never heard of anyone else doing uh, exactly the same way Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I'd like to share. And so, so what this is, is it's basically how I handle, I get a paycheck every month from work. And occasionally yep. I come into other money, whether it be from an investment or whatever. Yeah, gift, yeah. Who knows what? But anyway, so when this money comes in, so I have a budget. Obviously, you should have a budget. Um, I don't let the budget rule me. I don't split it up into envelopes and walk around with dollar yeah. bills. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, first off, a portion of that money, it just comes into my checking account, right? Uh, a portion of that is the amount that I save, right? Yep. So far, very regular everyone does it like this um and so you know for me it's a certain amount it's about yeah a certain percentage whatever of my of my monthly income yeah uh i just save and by for me by save it's literally a bank transfer from my checking account into my savings account yeah (laughs) that's the money i save (laughs) right so far very simple probably done the same way by a, a ton of people um but I think there's a degree of like separation between those two accounts that is, you know, for me, like very um, intense, right? And so there's no commingling of money going between yeah. the checking and the save. So I'll give you an example. So first of all, the amount that I'm saving is a little bit ambitious. So there isn't like extra money in this checking account. That's the yeah. money I have to live off of. Yep. And I better hope I don't need more because it sure as hell is not. I'll go live homeless under a bridge before, before I take that savings. money yep. <laughs> out of my savings account Amen. just to spend. Yeah. But obviously, I don't want to live homeless under a bridge. And so I'll give you an example. There was one point where I needed to buy a truck, right? Yep. Um, I could have sold my car and got a beater truck and my car wasn't worth very much money. But I wanted a truck because I was buying these rental properties. And I knew I was going to be self-managing them. And I knew if I didn't have a truck, I was going to end up spending a lot of money on uh, uh, U-Haul or whatever that rental company, <laughs> yeah. Home Depot trucks. <laughs> so I knew I needed a truck, but I didn't have funds. Yeah, yeah. So this is what initiated, and I've done this a couple of times before. I actually wrote a loan from my investment accounts into my checking account. I took, I think it was like 8,000 bucks I needed for the truck just yep. to get like a decent, reliable, but nothing fancy. Wrote a loan, sure as hell charge an 8% interest, <laughs> broke it down into a payment that was affordable to fit within my car budget, which I already had. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I, I stuck to that. And so I was paying my savings account back for over the course of, you know, a, a two, three year uh, period. Mm-hmm a monthly payment that was just an amortization that was from a, I didn't even do it by hand. I just pulled up an online amortization calculator, figured out I had to pay, I think it was like $250 yep. uh, a month for so long. And, and then I would pay back the truck. And so I had a loan on my truck. I had truck payments. 
but I was paying myself yeah. and I was paying myself with an ambitious interest rate, 8%. That's more than most people would pay if they're, if you're paying 8% on a car loan, get a new car loan. But <laughs> uh, for me, it worked and, yeah. and I didn't mind doing it. I enjoyed you know, paying that payment every month. Um, but there's a, just a huge segregation there and, and there's no intermingling. And I think just having that be such a fundamental concept of, you know, the one rule of my, you know, personal finance stream that allowed me to bring to to come together with enough savings where I was able to put that hundred thousand dollars into um you know this deal. Yeah. yeah. And and having that hundred thousand dollars helped me in a lot of ways. Um, I could have done it without it, but it was a huge fundamental piece of it. And and it didn't come out, it didn't come from magic. You know, it wasn't all handed to me. Um you know, I, I was running a, a cell phone repair business in college. Um, that's how I made money in college. It was my job. I've always been entrepreneurial. I was going out fixing phones for, you know, sorority girls. Yeah. <laughs> we break their phones a lot. Um, <laughs> and then, um, uh, and before that, I was in high school and I, you know, got my first car when I was just before I got my driver's license and, and got a, you know, spent hours on Craigslist finding the best deal. You're right. Bought it sold it for more. And I was basically just flipping my daily driver. Uh, not that often, but I did it really carefully. And I had my car on the market for like eight months, just waiting for someone to bite for too much money. And I was buying cars that had a little bit of character and interesting. This is just all like, um, the way I was thinking was all about like, how do I profit from yeah. a daily necessity? Yeah, and, and it's those different things that snowballed into me being in a decent personal financial situation in order to start in real estate when I found that thing later on that was important to me so um, kind of off on a tangent but I saw that you said personal finance in your uh, podcast description and I was like <laughs> okay I can I can touch on this because you know I think that's huge and and, um, and super important for people to do so yeah I, I think that's um, extremely interesting man that's yeah. That's really cool. I, I haven't really heard of something like that before. And that's just my system. There's a there's a one that they talk about a lot. Real estate investors talk about called I think it's called the infinite banking concept. Have you heard of this? Is that with life insurance policies? The life insurance yeah. policy. So that's a little different, but it has similarities in that you're loaning yourself money. You're banking for yourself. The infinite banking concept. Um, for those who haven't heard of it, is and I don't know all the details about it, but basically you get a a whole life insurance policy with a, with a, you know, um, a cash value, you, you know, contribute money to it. It earns, I believe they're called dividends um, instead of interest, but it, you know, it makes, it grows yeah, on its yeah. own a little bit. But the thing is, is you can borrow against that money at any time with, for no reason. You don't need to, you can do whatever with it. You just take out cash. Even when you borrow against it, you're not, taking it out you're just borrowing against it so it's still earning interest you borrow against it at pretty low interest rates because there's collateral so you can get low rates on it and then you take that money at your low interest rate go invest it in a property at a high interest rate and you're basically banking for yourself with your own assets yeah and and it's similar to what i was doing but i'm doing it with what's a lot less of a commitment which is a checking and a savings account as opposed to whole life which 
you know, I don't know enough about to give anyone advice to tell who anyone, you know, if that's right for them or not, but a lot of yeah. people swear by it. And, um, you know, maybe someday I'll do that. I don't know enough about it yet. And I don't think it's the right time for me, but, um, but, you know, the idea of banking for yourself, it's easy. Anyone can do it. You don't need a whole life insurance policy. to do it. <laughs> um, Yeah. So. The principle really is insane. And it, it's funny you say that too, because I was in one of those for a while. It was uh, with this company called Paradigm Life. And <laughs> there was, uh, so actually earlier in the podcast, I was talking about like the first meetup that I went to. And like, there was like this very first um, woman, her name was Lisa. And like, she totally changed my life and everything. And she first introduced me to that. And like, it okay. totally blew my socks off. But so, so like the whole life and the infinite banking concept. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. I, <laughs> and I was in it for a while, but like, I couldn't, uh, like, I wasn't sure if it was like, like for me, I guess, or like the best use for my capital. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just, I feel about it. Mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. some people, it's like, it seems like it's like literally half divided, you know, some people, some people like absolutely swear by it. Like it's like the best thing in the world. And some people are like, oh no, you know, it's a scam. Like you can grow your money, you know, a lot more efficiently in other places. Like it's ridiculous. And it, like, I don't know, like, I definitely don't want to just like leave it. Like I'd love to revisit it in the future, yeah. but I, I just, think there's two things, I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's two things that are, I think, critical to that strategy that make it attractive. Uh, yeah. Cause I think for your average person, w2 worker with a 401k and some savings yeah some stocks right your average person um there's two huge advantages that they don't see one the whole thing is based on borrowing against it and investing in stuff with high returns yeah if you're not doing that or you're just borrowing against it for like stock market or something yeah it doesn't work the same right yeah yeah and then the other aspect of it is it's a life insurance policy. You got to, you know, once you have beneficiaries that you want to, you know, be on that policy, because like you have family, you have kids, you have, you know, whoever that might need money when you pass. That's another added value. I think if you bring both those into play, now it starts to make a lot of sense. So that's what, how I feel about it. Someday when I have kids, have, uh, you know, wife and family or whatever, or yep. at least that's close and around the corner, I might reconsider that strategy. And who knows, maybe I'll be all gung-ho about infinite banking, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, 10 years from five years from now, whenever it may be. So. Yeah, it really is. It's extremely interesting. You know, I just like, uh, so for like the policy that I had, it was like, I think 500 bucks a month between like two things. And at this time I was like, just really starting to kind of, like save up the money for my first down payment you know so it was like a really small amount and like that money was making like a significant impact on like me saving up for that and I was just trying to think of like what's more practical for what I want like right now and I I don't know I just like yeah like I was in it for a while and I was like oh you know this is really cool like looking at the illustration and stuff but I was like well if I just hold on to that and then you know get my house like a lot sooner like right now you know like is that yeah. more efficient than like it doing that like and just 
I don't know. It's <laughs> a smart thing for someone in the in your position right now would be, um, you know, save the money that you have in cash, have it ready yeah. to go because you know that you want to buy and close a deal as exactly. soon as you can find one. Yep. And you need to have that cash ready. When I started getting serious about investing in real estate, once I had this property under contract, I sold all my assets, all of them. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I lost out on some pretty good booms and some pretty good stocks too. I sold like <laughs> Apple at the worst time possible. But um, I don't regret making that decision at all because yeah, of course, not having done that, God forbid the market went the other way. I needed that money. I had a very specific purpose for that money. I needed it in, you know, it's most liquid, stable form, like right now in yep. the short term. And that was cash. So that's what I did. I sold all my assets at that point. Um, it was all in. So yeah, uh, I know. I totally yeah, agree. So it seems like for, for you, maybe, or for me right now, you know, we need all the cash we can because we're trying to buy deals. Exactly. And maybe it's not the right time for, but putting our money into whole life insurance yeah yeah but it is there you know like you said if we decide to reconsider or like you know things change or it's always going to be there you know like so did you say you had a policy for a short while i did you i had one, got for, one and then you got out i want to say like almost a year maybe something like that and are you able to get the month get out of it i was um there penalties <laughs> I didn't recover the full amount that I put in. I might've lost like a couple grand, but okay. I just, at that point I was like, I just, I'm willing to pay that penalty, you know, to just kind of yeah. get out of this and hold on to things bigger picture right now. Like, yeah. so yeah. I did lose out a little bit on it. Um, you know, but, <laughs> yeah, but it's not like you lost half or anything. Ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like there wasn't much in it to begin with bigger picture, like, but yeah, I mean, definitely something to revisit in the future. Just, so like I'm in said. a similar, I'm in a similar situation with um, like retirement savings, right? So mm -hmm. the conventional knowledge, everyone said, invest, put your money in 401k, uh, 401k for whatever, you know, it's like the conventional right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I've made the decision for myself that right now that's not the best use for my money. Yep. Um, the plan that I have, and I have high confidence I'll achieve and haven't given up on yet doesn't require a 401k yeah. for me to do fine in my retirement. Okay. Yep. The way I'm thinking right now, I'll have plenty of assets that cash flow plenty at that time. I'll have all the passive income I need and I'll be okay. Yeah. Now that might change down the road. It might come back to bite me in the ass. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> right. And maybe someday I'll be wishing that my 25 year old self wasn't you know, as foolish, but, um, I stand by my decision. I think I did the right thing for me. Of I course. wouldn't recommend it for the vast majority of people who aren't in the same position as me, uh, with the same interests and goals and everything. But for me, um, even if I contributed the maximum allowed or whatever, the 401k up until it, it won't be anything compared to where I want to be. So, yeah. I totally agree, man. It, like that's a decision that you have to make for yourself, you know, and like your best yeah. interest and like really just sit down and like, just think about like, how do I get what I want right now, you know, as best as I can to be able to put me in that position. You know, sometimes it is tough, you know, especially when it comes to putting your money into different investments, you know, like 
yeah, retirement's great, <coughs> you know, for like down the line. But like, you know, if we're trying to buy deals right now, you know, should I like maybe cut that in half or like, and just kind of like play around with it, you know, and, and just put yeah. yourself in that best situation. Yeah. No, no, that's totally, that's totally right. It's all about, well, you got to know your own situation and everyone's yeah. in a different place. Like, yep. and by your own situation, I mean, both like right where you are financially and everything in your life right now. Yep. And also where you're planning on going and how committed you are to getting there. Yeah. Right. And so I know where I am now, where I'm going, where I'm trying to go and how committed I am to getting there. For me, it's a no brainer. Yeah. But, but like I said, I don't, I wouldn't recommend it for most people. If, if, you know, any one in my close circle outside the tight investing network that I have yep. uh, was like, you know, should I have a 401k? I'd be like, hell yeah, you better. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Contribute as much as you can. Because if the uh, alternative for you is buying, you know, whatever your hobby is, spending it on golf, yep. um, <laughs> you know, maybe you shouldn't spend it all on golf. But. Exactly. You're right. I feel like that's a really big point, you know, to, to have that self-awareness, to, to really dig into like, you know, what your vision looks like, you know, whether you're like an investor or, you know, you're just, um, you know, kind of enjoying life and stuff, you know, and like, what's that goal? Like, do you actually want to, you know, use that capital to build assets and do things a lot differently and be a lot more active? Or are you more of, you know, like a passive, you know, just kind of let it grow long term and then be able to use it, you know, come retirement or whatever. Cause yeah, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. like right now, right now for me, it's all, all my savings yep. goes into cash, sits in a bank account and it's ready. Yep. And it's ready to close the deal. Ready to go. Yeah. Um, I, you know, unless you're searching for that deal or planning on searching for that deal, you know, hundred percent in the next however long um putting all your money in cash having it ready for nothing is probably not the best strategy right <laughs> yeah. i mean go buy yourself a home for the long term right if you're like that age where you're thinking about it um it's not it's never a bad i i would say it's never a bad time or at least it's not right now a bad time to buy yourself a home for the long term okay yeah. it's a, I, you know it might be a bad time to buy a home for like a short while if you're planning on moving in a year. Yeah. <laughs> you might not be able to. Yeah. But, you know, I bet everything that real estate's going to be a fine place some point in the next 20 years, it's going to be higher than it is right now at some point. So, I mean, buy a home for 20 years and when it's higher, sell. If it's way down, don't or whatever. But, exactly. Um, you know, even like to just look at like the long-term trend of, of markets or even like just the stock market alone, you know, like over the long-term, like, I mean, obviously, you know, what is it like past performance isn't indicative of future performance, I think. Yeah. But like, if you look at like the trend from, you know, go back like a hundred years or something crazy like that and look at like the S&P 500 over time it's it's going up you know like over time it's going up and if it's not if that wasn't the case it'd be a lot bigger problem no matter yeah. what you do you're we have bigger problems <laughs> if, if, that's true if 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 it was in a perpetual downfall yep so is the country exactly 
So is the lot <laughs> our lives as we know it. Yeah. So is everybody else. Who cares if you lost all your money at that point? And yep. hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, this is like end of the world situation. COVID hit and we survived it okay. So I think we could do anything at this We're point. Good. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, that wasn't anything compared to history. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I agree barring, barring the end of the world. I mean, yeah. don't, don't plan for it. I mean, exactly. yeah, there's no point in planning for the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, plan for the short-term recession. Plan plan for or prepare for, you know, a serious drop in real estate values in a year. It's not preventing me from buying assets because I'm not buying any assets right now that I'm planning to sell in a year. Exactly. So yeah. you know, I'm not afraid to buy property thinking that if even if it does go down in a year or yep. two years or five years from now, it's half what it is now. Who cares? Um if I go into bankruptcy and it happens, I mean, I'm not, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make sure it doesn't happen. Exactly. And I mean, like but, you said, you know, like talking about uh, like some of the investors who were buying like right after, you know, like the 2008, 2009 recession and where they are now, you know, yeah. if you ride the wave for long enough, like, you know, I mean, chances are it could be worth your while, you know, yeah. <laughs> very worth your while. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You know, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, get in it, get in it for the long term. I mean, my uh, my grandfather was a stockbroker, right? And he had he's done he did very well. Um, not even as much as a stockbroker as he did in his own investments. And he had a very clear cut strategy, totally different from mine. Yep. And he had no interest in real estate, but it was a long term buy and hold strategy of good solid stocks that met a certain criteria that he believed in, and yeah. he did very well. And he lived a very humble life and he could have lived uh, a very impressive life. He chose not to, but, um, but, but nonetheless, like he had a plan, he followed it. He followed it diligently for years and years and years. He did very well. Uh, my father followed in his tracks and tried to do, you know, the same sort of thing and followed in his strategy. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's having something that you're, some strategy that you're doing and believe in, that, you know, that's, that's huge whatever it may be exactly even if man. it's dogecoin he's <laughs> got to know dogecoin better than anybody else as long as you can pinpoint exactly what makes dogecoin go up and down yeah which actually might not does anybody know that, that? Hard. I, don't know. I think it's just elon musk <laughs> it's but a like, tweet from elon musk man <laughs> yeah he's got to find some way yeah to get in his twitter account buy some dogecoin say the right thing <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation, man. <laughs> that that drives me crazy, but that, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> anyway. Oh man. So that's not not welcome on our podcast. You know, <laughs> Dogecoin strategies. <laughs> I'm definitely rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. Definitely open to it as an asset. I think it's interesting, but definitely not my cup of tea. Um yeah, personally. Either. But like, I don't know. Like people said, are making money. Road, I don't know. That you know? road wasn't sunny. That one was foggy. <laughs> you know, yeah, how to exactly. Wealthy. How to, is there a clear cut strategy to definitely do well in crypto? I heard of one once. I didn't fully grasp it, but it was yeah. the concept of, it was a lending business, like a bank that lent against crypto. But huh. when it lent against the crypto, it would also 
in some way short the same amount of crypto in such a way where the two um it hedged, was like fluctuate it was like hedge against each other oh and okay. somehow it made it stable so no matter what happened with the price it was just collateral and then yeah. it was the interest on the lending oh. that made the money or something like yeah there's ways there is <laughs> <laughs> there's ways following elon musk tweets might be it i don't know <laughs> that's awesome man <laughs> i got one more question for you matt and okay. we, we talked about it a little bit already it's do you read and what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone if yeah, you had yeah. to pick one <laughs> <laughs> so it, it depends on the person's situation right but yep First of all, I do read. I listen to a hell of a lot more podcasts than I do read. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy reading. I don't do it a ton, but there's mm-hmm. a few, but I do, I have, there's a, I have a bookshelf and it's growing. I like to buy the books so I can go back Same. to them and just remember that I read them. It's like, it's like, I don't know. I just enjoy collecting the books that I've read. Right. But anyway, um, for the person first interested in money, that doesn't know a ton yet read rich dad poor dad if you haven't um that was the most fundamental book i've ever read that made the most impact on me yeah and you know what it really didn't tell me anything i didn't already know but i didn't it's not like you learn material in that book i had a i recommended in college to a friend read rich dad poor dad and this friend um read it or started to read it and was like yeah there wasn't really anything i didn't already know Right. And Bro. <laughs> he goes, I didn't really like it. And I go, yeah, same here. Like there wasn't anything I didn't already know in it either. Yeah. But this is the way I'd been thinking or wanting to think or what I, it was churning in my head. And I was like, when I read that book, I realized, holy crap, this is a real thing. Someone else is thinking about it. They've thought it through way harder than I have. And they're saying, this is what everyone's doing. You should do it. Yep. And that's why it resonated with me. And it gave me all the confidence and fire and everything in order to start chasing down this, running faster down this real estate road to go with the analogy. Yeah. But um, for people who are already interested in real estate, maybe thinking about getting into their first property, looking for their first property, trying to learn some more of the fundamental technical stuff. Um, a few books that are, that are huge. I like Dave Lindahl. Um, he wrote one called Multifamily Millions. Mm-hmm. and another one called emerging markets and something some emerging markets yep. is the big letters on the cover uh, <laughs> and uh, both of those are really good they'll teach you the emerging markets will teach you um, about how markets work and kind of some of the fundamentals of real estate how it works within a market um, and multifamily millions will tell you some of the technical stuff about being an asset manager or property manager or managing property managers and closing deals and finding deals and some about how the finances work both of those really good for technical information. Um, And then the other book that was super fundamental uh, and helpful was it's called commercial mortgages 101. Um, If you're interested in getting into commercial, you want to buy five, six, seven, eight unit. Um, The loans work totally different than your FHA or your, you know, home buyer's loan. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a, you know, it basically talks about how those mortgages work, what, are the interests and the desires of the different, you know, types of lenders in that area. And most importantly, there's a section on how to build a, uh, a loan request package. And that 
loan request package, I should have brought it up when I was going through the story earlier, um, was hugely fundamental in me demonstrating competency to the lender. It's actually very difficult for people to get, especially without an experienced partner, um, a commercial lender to take a leap of faith with you. And this loan request package that I wrote was a 30-something page, 40-page um, document that followed pretty much exactly the way they explained. Yeah. It had an executive summary. It had all of the big metrics that they care about. And, and knowing what the metrics are, talk to people in your market who are doing this because they'll tell you. Right now, they want you know, 75% loan to value, uh, 1.3 or debt service coverage ratio, um, you know, they'll give you all the metrics. And if you're, first of all, make sure your numbers meet those. Cause if they don't, they won't even talk to you. Um, oh. Those are rules that they have to follow. And unless you're like a super multi-time, you know, trusted worker that can call in a favor at the president at the bank, they won't make exceptions to those rules. So know what they are before you ask for money <laughs> and then do this loan request package and write it up just the way it's in the book. Talk about the business, the, you know, show the pro forma income statement and all the metrics that they want to see, show the area, um, talk about your team, have the section in there with your team. Think about anyone that you've reached out in your network, um, whether it be the contractor that you know, or, you know, your uncle, who's a CPA, who didn't even know he was on your team, uh, <laughs> you know, put him in there and, and yeah. talk about, you know, these are the people I have and these people will support me and back me up um, as I need it. And, you know, John Bombacci's name was on that team. Um, he, he, they don't have to be partners. They don't have to be invested in the deal to be on your team. Um, and, 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 you know, take time, make it look pretty, make the night, add a table of contents, numbers at the bottom, you know, a little letter from yourself at the beginning, you know, do a nice job with it. And then you'll hand this to your lender, you'll send it to them in a PDF or whatever. And they'll see it and they'll go, wow, this person knows real estate. <laughs> They're talking about cap rates and why they know all their stuff. Um, this is an experienced person, whether they've done a deal before or not. Yeah. Um, that's huge. So commercial mortgage is 101. That was the longest uh, answer to what's your favorite book ever, but uh, <laughs> that's wicked valuable, man. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Big oh one. I know a lot of people want to get into commercial for the first time. Yeah. Um, and, and so I feel like, you know, I like to speak to those people because that's what I did. I went right into commercial. I didn't house hack first. I house hacked after. Um, yeah. And uh, I made it work. So. I mean, even with one. that, man, like that, uh, like the loan, what was it called again? Like the loan loan package? request package. Yeah. Loan request package. Yeah. So even like, do you think you could make like a version of that? Like just for like resident, like a lot smaller deals, you know, like if you found something and wanted to partner and, you know, just kind of made like a little package on like, you know, this is who I am. This is who like our team is. Um, yeah. So I also made a, um, and it followed kind of a very similar template. I made a investor package. Yeah, when I like finally that. Yeah. brought this specific deal to the people I raised money from, yep. after they had already mentioned that they were interested in maybe investing someday if I found the right deal, when I brought it to them, I gave I, you know, a very similar document. It had a lot of the same sections that were cut and paste. Yeah, um, some stuff that was different. It was tailored to them as investors. Yeah, but it was a document. It was well organized with table of contents and everything, so you could get to the right section. You didn't have to read it all. Um, it wasn't overly. You know, it wasn't like a thousand pages. It was 20 pages, which is reasonable. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe maybe thirty. Um, and that was huge too. Yeah, it's demonstrating competency and demonstrating a professional attitude and how this is not some idea that you just had that you want to try to do. Like, yeah, this is this is real and it's happening. Do you want to be a part of it? You know, that's the attitude that you have to, I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. yeah. And it's the attitude that you have to demonstrate because if you seem wishy-washy, nobody's going to trust you with, you know, yeah, even 10 grand of their money, <laughs> Never mind <laughs> yeah. 35 or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm definitely going to look into that, man. That's extremely interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I, I could send it to you if you were interested in it. You know, I could just send you. The, sure. Yeah. <laughs> look at it. I don't know. Maybe I could post it out there. I'll have to look at it and see if it's uh, shareable publicly or, or yeah. edit it. And then maybe we could work something out. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely do some research regardless. Like it just, yeah. it sounds wicked cool. Like, I feel like I heard like something about that kind of thing on like a podcast a long time ago, but like it didn't resonate. Yeah. And like just being able to, you know, like, like you did you know, have those people that like might be interested in partnering, you know, depending on if you find the right deal and then be able to have like, you know, some concrete stuff like, Hey, you know, this is what I got. Like, what yeah, do you I think? Mean, about handing this? out well thought out material is interesting. Like, for example, if you're looking for commercial deals, a lot of commercial deals are traded um, through brokers, commercial brokers. Um, and a lot of them don't make their way to LoopNet or the MLS or anything. Um, so maybe for that, for someone who's in that position looking for those deals, make a brochure that's, you know, one page or whatever that has you, your team, your experience, if you have any, how you're going to make up for that gap if you don't, yep. um, demonstrates that you can close something and what you can close and how you're going to do it and just paint yourself in a good light. Yeah. Um, and then send it to that broker and say, hey, this is me. If you want to jump on a call, I'd love to chat. If you have any good deals. Uh, if they meet my, meet my criteria, I'm a serious buyer, take a look. And, you know, it's professional. And that's amazing, man. Maybe it'll work out. That's crazy. You, don't get on, you, you probably won't get on their primary list, but you get on their secondary list if you do that. And, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. That, that honestly, like, just lit up a light bulb in my head. I'm like, make I, I got to go look into that kind of thing. <laughs> that's awesome. Make, make material. And as much as public material like you're doing, it's huge. It helps in a different way. So they're both important. Um, what you're doing and something that I'm, I haven't been doing enough. And part of me being here is me wanting to improve this side is, is, you know, in, increase, uh, you know, my public appearance within real estate, post yeah. more on bigger pockets, show up on podcasts. I'm giving a presentation at the Pints and Properties meetup next month. Nice. Um, you know, just, you know, getting out there. It, yeah. It's important. And then along with that and separately, but equally as important is personalized material for, those stakeholders in your business, whether it be your lender, your partner, your future partner, your, you know, current investors that you want to give them an update on the performance of the, of the partnership, or, you know, some broker that you want to reach out to and try to hope that he sends you a good deal someday, yeah. whatever it may be. That's no crazy, gonna, man. No one's going to get a brochure from you and be like, I can't believe they sent me that, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. be like a friend. Worst, like... <laughs> worst case, they open right. it and don't read it or, yep. you know, send it out. <laughs> See, and that's interesting too. Cause like that could be, you know, making a shift from like doing lead gen from like, you know, sellers of those kind of buildings yeah. to lead gen of, you know, commercial brokers. 
and then you know just rifling off that you know connecting with as many as possible and you know sending them like that you know that wicked professional stuff that you have you know, like what if eventually. you actually printed a brochure i'm just thinking of this now you actually yeah. print a brochure right and then you go to the meetup or wherever and everyone else is handing out their business cards which just has their name and a phone number which everybody there has a name and a phone number that's yeah. not going to and they should be like, oh, yeah, this is me. This is what I'm trying to do. This is why I'm here. That's genius. Right? That's a wicked good idea. <laughs> I'm going to have to show up at the next meetup with brochures. <laughs> yeah, man, legit. <laughs> right? and, and it probably doesn't cost all that much more money than yeah. printing business cards. I mean, business cards are super cheap these days. But um, No, but I, you're right. It's I feel printing. like it's, it's much bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, like even like, you know, just see yeah make like a really small, like, you know, description about you, you know, throw like a picture of you or like, you know, your building or something like, you know, that <laughs> it's going to take remember a, your name at least. Yeah. It's going to take up. <laughs> oh, that's that kid who gave me a brochure. You know, what a loser. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not going to do that, but you know, yeah. it's your worst it, case. It takes up more room in your pocket than a business card. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, people are going to be looking up, for Ends that. up getting crumpled up and thrown in the trash. Who cares? <laughs> So do all the business cards I get. Exactly. <laughs> you type them in my phone if they're worth it, and then they get tossed. Yep. You know, exactly. Someday I'll get a Rolodex. But... <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Yeah. I could talk to you for hours, Matt. Thank you very, very, going. very much for coming what? on here, man. It was an, yeah. it was an honor. For sure. What are we, like, uh, two hours in almost? <laughs> yeah, like, like that. Two, almost two and a half hours. Getting up there and, like, Joe Rogan uh, life. <laughs> let's go 345 come on i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i've had enough it's friday it Uh, is happy friday for us it's friday maybe not everybody listening but uh, enjoy your weekend yeah you too oh where uh where on social media can you be found or content yeah for sure um so i'm trying to get a more active presence within real estate on social media yep um but you can definitely follow me my most active on social media would be um instagram um, you can reach me at Matthew Davis P uh, on Instagram. Um, and then also you could always just shoot me a text. I'm not afraid to give out my number. It's uh, 978-677-8366. Um, literally anyone here, if I uh, just shoot me a text, say I heard you on the podcast. Uh, you want to have a question about closing your first commercial deal or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear from you. It'd be you know, highlighted my day. I love when people reach out. So. 100 uh, sure. man guys reach out to matt he's absolutely incredible and uh just an absolutely insane person <laughs> <laughs> thanks kyle all righty but yeah thank you again so much man all right guys that concludes our creating wealth podcast episode for today i want to thank every single person that has listened this far it really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.